Christianity is meant to be deeply experiential. Now, it's not only that. It is a body of truth. It, it is a, an exquisitely intellectual realm. It, it really is. And I, I believe in that. I, th I think, you know, we need the foundational truth of the scriptures and, and, and of the great uh, theological structures of the church down through the ages. Yes, yes, absolutely. Without the truth, we're lost. But it is not essentially that. Okay, because you can know all kinds of cool things about the ocean. Did you know that the ocean covers 71% of the Earth's surface? 71%. Did you know that the salinity of the ocean almost matches amniotic fluid? It's why you love bobbing around in it. Okay, it's, you're back in the womb. Like, it's, it is deeply wonderful. Okay, so you can learn all kinds of fascinating things about the ocean. It's nothing like jumping in, right? I mean, there's the facts, and then there's jumping in the ocean. This is the Wild at Heart podcast here in the week of July 31st, and I'm Alan Arnold. What you were listening to at the beginning was John teaching to a small gathering in the mountains of Colorado over a weekend recently, and it was an event that we called Deeper, and the name says it all. The whole focus was how do we grow deeper in our intimacy, in our relationship, and in our knowledge of God, how do we experience Him in ever deeper ways? So what you're about to hear is session one from that gathering. Now, just a heads up, in it is an interactive exercise that the group was invited into and that John led them through and that you can go through as well. It's called the prayer of descent, but you're going to wanna be somewhere outside of like the gym, you don't want to be in your car, you want to be where you can unplug and experience this. Before we go into the live session that John was teaching, I just want to, as always, start us with a pause. God, we love you. We want more of you. And we come to you now asking you to take us deeper, deeper into who you are, deeper into how you created us for intimacy with you, deeper into the life you have for us, a life shared together with you, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, so God, right now, we ask that you calm our hearts, that you take us from all distractions, all interruptions, all worries, and all the busyness of this day. Let it fade, God. Take us to a place where it's only you, and us. God, slow the rhythm of our heart, calm 
our thoughts. We love you. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And now, here's session one of Deeper with John. So, years ago, when we set out, and many of you set out with us, we were really just looking to recover the heart. We were really just looking to really uh, our own hearts, a, a greater level of wholeheartedness uh, for ourselves, a greater level of, of restoration and recovery and well, well-being of soul, um, and for others as well. It just started out like that. We were just chasing the life of the heart, the restoration of the heart for men and for women. Um, but as we got into those woods, um, we quickly realized, whoa, we need to learn a lot about how God heals the human heart, how he heals the soul. And that took us on a journey. <clears throat> and as we got deeper into those woods, um, we discovered in our, in our own lives and in our, in our work with people, as you have discovered, whoa, we need to learn a lot more about how to get like the opposition out of here, how to get the enemy out of here, how to shut down all of that that comes against us, um, shut down the warfare. We had to learn a lot about that, um, far more than we ever anticipated. We didn't go looking to learn these lessons. They were, they were just required of, of us. Um, we, as we pressed in further and further um, into this terrain, we realized, oh my goodness, like we need a deeper life in God to sustain ourselves, or sustain ourselves in a world like this and, and sustain ourselves in the pursuit of the restoration of the heart. Like, whoa, we need a much deeper life in God. And so what we found after just layer and layer and door and door and trunk and just looking and the necessity of it, um, what we really found ourselves needing was to learn uh, on a much deeper level the ways of God and his kingdom. The ways of God and his kingdom. So I'm going to put up two slides here. The first premise is this, is that there is so much more of God to experience. More of God and his beautiful kingdom. That's, that's just a governing assumption of this setting. It's a governing assumption of my life. There is so much more of God to experience, more of God and his beautiful kingdom. And then the second assumption, the second premise of the weekend, kind of the foundational thought is, and that more is essential to our well-being in an hour like this one, okay? So those are the two thoughts. Now, now let me unpack them both. So I'm gonna go back to the first one. Christianity is meant to be deeply experiential. Now, it's not only that, 
It is a body of truth. It, it is a, an exquisitely intellectual realm. It, it really is. And I, I believe in that. I, th I think, you know, we need the foundational truth of the scriptures and, and, and of the great uh, theological structures of the church down through the ages. Yes, yes, absolutely. Without the truth, we're lost. But it is not essentially that. Okay, because you can know all kinds of cool things about the ocean. Did you know that the ocean covers 71% of the Earth's surface? 71%. Did you know that the salinity of the ocean almost matches amniotic fluid? It's why you love bobbing around in it. Okay, it's, you're back in the womb. Like, it's, it is deeply wonderful. Okay, so you can learn all kinds of fascinating things about the ocean. It's nothing like jumping in, right? I mean, there's the facts, and then there's jumping in the ocean. Okay, you can learn a lot about love, and we've all had to learn a lot about love, haven't we? <laughs> about being in relationship and being in marriages and being in friendships and that sort of you, There's a lot of things you got to learn, you know, people's love languages and their styles of relating and all that kind of stuff. And it's super helpful. But it is nothing like being in love. Okay? So th there's, there's knowledge about, there's proposition, which is important. Okay? And there is experience. And when Jesus says... In John 14, he says, now this is eternal life. This is eternal life, that you would know God. The word he uses is gnosko. It is a Jewish idiom for the intimacy of a man and a woman. Okay? This is a very, very deep experiential knowing. This is not propositional truth. In fact, earlier in John 10, when, or I think it's, yeah, when John 10, Jesus is saying, I know the Father and the Father knows me, same word, gnosko. So the depth of which Jesus and the Father experience one another, right? The profound inner, it's exactly like intertwined being, that's knowing. That's what we are invited into. It's, it, Christianity is meant to be an intensely experienced, experiential thing. And we are meant to draw upon God and the riches of his kingdom in ever maturing ways, more deeply and more profoundly. Okay, so that's, that's the first assumption. Second one, that more is essential to our well-being in an hour like this. <clears throat> Folks, friends, dear, dear ones, this is a gnarly hour on the earth. And, and you don't know it because, well, you do know it. You know it profoundly. But like, this is just our hour and you breathe the air and you deal with it and you get through your days and you do what you have to do. But it, it, we, had a, we had a window go out in the building and we had to have it replaced a few weeks ago. And so they, the, it was open to the to the air outside, but there was a generator and the guys working on it. It was pouring toxic fumes into the building. We were having a meeting upstairs. We just endured it for like an hour. 
And, and it's like, does anybody else notice how like toxic the air is in the room right now? Is anybody else like, like it was just sort of subtly growing, 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 worse and worse. So the hour that we're living in, that more is essential in an hour like this one. The level of unbelief and, and what I would call apostasy that has just swept the earth. So many dear people losing heart and giving up on God. So many young people um, losing heart and losing faith. Now, yes, there's other cool things going on too, but that thing is, is happening. This is the first Thessalonians falling away. I'm convinced that we're in that hour. Um, so there's just the assault on the confident knowledge that God is good and that he is for you. And so the more that is available to God, available to us in God and in his kingdom is not optional anymore. It's like trying to ride a bike with one pedal if you try and live without it. But you can do it. You, you all may have, you know, as a kid, goofing around, you were trying to ride your bike with one pedal. You know, it, it, it's possible, but it's not easy. Um, or riding a bike with flat tires. Like you, like you can get through this life without more, without more of God and his beautiful kingdom. You can, it's not gonna go well. Like why, 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 why in this hour would we not look to tap into more? So that's why, that's why we're here. That's why we invited you together was to try and share that more, find more, for the nourishment, the sustenance, the intimacy with God, the guidance, the counsel, you bet, the healing, the restoration of your humanity, the strength in an hour like this one. Um, <clears throat> so here, here's the good news. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul says, Now, you have every spiritual gift that you need as you eagerly wait for our Lord Jesus to return. The scripture is assuming a provision. Provision has been made. Provision is being made to us. Paul says, oh, you're, you're good. You're covered. You're okay. You have everything you need. And there's part of me inside that's going, really? Because <laughs> I don't feel like I have everything I need. So maybe I'm not tapping into everything that's been provided. Maybe that's, maybe that's my issue. And, and, and that led me into, and Stacy and our team, into further inquiry. And then in Hebrews chapter 6, <clears throat> there is a fascinating assumption that's being made about the friends of Jesus, the followers of Jesus. Now, it, it's, it's a conversation that kind of goes off onto the great falling away. That's not the point I want to make. What I want to point out is look what he assumes about their experience of God. He says, those of you who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the age to come. And you're like, wait, what? Hold on. Can we just go through that list again, please? Excuse me. Wait, okay. So we've all experienced heaven. We're all drawing upon, tapping upon heaven and its joys, provisions, resources. Okay. Okay, that's number one. Share it in the Holy Spirit, please. Yes, more of that. 
tasted the goodness of the word of God. Okay, I think I'm there on that one, right? And the power of the age to come. <laughs> Just, I love this. This is the assumption. It's like, oh yeah, y'all are tapping into that, right? You're, you are reaching into the age to come and you are tapping into... What do you, what do you currently... What do, your internal, right now, experience with those passages... Don't shout it out, just take notice, right? Like, oh yeah, of course you are, you bet. Drawing on heaven, probably been there a couple times. Sure, sharing in the Holy Spirit, absolutely. The goodness of the word of God and you're deeply drawing upon the power of the age to come. The age to come is pretty wonderful, gang. <laughs> the age to come is the renewal of all things. Okay, so it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, all that. You bet. We're there. We're, we're tapped in. Like, I, I kind of, I, I sometimes, a little. I want more. <clears throat> I want to know what he's assuming there. I want to know that. So that's the good news. Which brings us to the need of being amphibians. So I wrote about this in um, Resilience, and you've heard me talk a little bit about this, but I want to explore this this weekend. This is, this, is one of, this is one of the great analogies. I remember the first time that, that Stacy and I went snorkeling. <clears throat> and I'm assuming most people in here have had some kind of water experience, some sort of aquatic something. Um, and we had never done that. We, we were adults. Um, we were celebrating our 10th anniversary down in Mexico quite a number of years ago, be 30 years ago. Um, and we brought some snorkeling gear because we heard it was a, a fun thing to do. And we go out. And I remember the first time I ever put a mask on and looked under the water. And it was, <gasps> and it, look up, look around, look down. And I'm like, hey, everybody, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, there's a whole world down here. And, and then to like explore it, it is the perfect analogy of the kingdom of God. Because it's right there. It's right there. It's not a long ways away. It's all around us. The kingdom of God is all around us in whom we live and move and have our being, okay? And yet to like get into it for a moment and have a look around and see you have experienced various parts of this, to hear the voice of God, to, to, be, to be in a time of worship and just have the tears come and you're just feeling the love of God. Yeah, to, to be in a time of prayer and have God show you something. That's being an amphibian. That's getting into the rest of reality. It's not freaky deaky. It's not just for a few people. It is simply the rest of God's created world. It's the rest of his kingdom in which we live and move and have our being. Right? And to be an amphibian, you, you learn to become more and more comfortable as you sort of move in and out of it. I, I have some friends. Oh, my goodness. I, I have friends who, um, when they pray, they go into the throne room of God. I'm like, what? Wow. I bet your prayers are more powerful than mine. And, and I have friends who have experienced the city of God. I, I, I was in a time of prayer not that long ago, <clears throat> and 
you hear about the fruits of the Spirit, right? And we think, oh, yeah, love, joy, peace, kindness, you know, goodness. Um, but actually, um, within the kingdom of heaven, to partake of the food of the kingdom of heaven. Anyway, I was, I was handed a cup to drink, and I asked Jesus, what is this? And he said, it's my love. And as I drank it, his love just saturated my being in a time where I really needed it. And I couldn't access it in other ways, in propositional ways. The propositions weren't getting me there. The facts weren't getting me there. I needed profound kingdom engagement, profound kingdom experience. Now, here's a fun little story. So a friend of mine did his PhD under Dallas Willard. And Dallas, as you know, is one of the most brilliant minds of the 20th century, chairman of the Department of Philosophy at USC for like 30 years. <clears throat> so he's so excited. He's going to be with Dallas Willard. Sit, um, and he asked Dallas, what's the first thing I should read? What should I read? Okay, he's doing his PhD in social ethics. So, you, you know, you're, you're imagining, you know, he's going to read Kierkegaard or he's going to read, you know, Thomas Aquinas or something like that. Dallas says, I want you to read a book called The Deeper Experiences of Famous Christians. It's like a little 60-page paperback. And you're like, wait, what? Like the most brilliant man, what did Dallas know? You need deeper experiences of God and his kingdom. <clears throat> okay. All right. <clears throat> so um, we're going to do an exercise in each one of the sessions, um, but I'm just trying to set up some prologue. I'm just trying to kind of cast a vision using the scuba snorkeling analogy of being amphibians, being comfortable in two worlds, becoming increasingly comfortable with experiencing God. And, 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 and not just God as a generic, but experiencing your father, experiencing Jesus, experiencing Holy Spirit, right? The Trinity is very unique and the way they come to you and what they have to say and the way they love you and guide you and heal you is very, very unique, very different, right? So growing in our appreciation of that, growing in our appreciation of all the other cool stuff. So what we're going to do this evening is we're going to practice the prayer of descent, um, which if you've done, uh, if you did chapter eight in Resilient, I talked about it there. Um, if you've done any part of the 30 days, we get into it pretty quickly in the 30 days uh, experience. But before, before we can do that, we, we, you do need assistance. You need a tour guide of the kingdom of God. The tour guide is usually Holy Spirit. Not always, not always. Father, Jesus, I mean, this, this stuff is this stuff. To have a tour guide into the intimacies of the kingdom of heaven, into God himself. Um, to be invited into the heart of your father. To go into the heart of God. It's a wonderful thing. And it kind of puts the rest of your life into perspective. When you are chasing God, when you are chasing 
more of your own restoration, when you are recovering places in your own heart, um, it is nearly always opposed. I mean, if this was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? Um, people, people would be experiencing God in utterly profound ways in, in every church in the world. They don't, as a rule. Um, and so one of the things that's in the way right now um, is, is a great deal of unbelief. Now, hang on. This isn't, I'm not accusing what I'm saying is one of the toxic natures of the world right now is unbelief. It's out there. It's in the air. You get millions of people making agreements with that. That kind of like has an effect. Um, and, and then you get, you know, ancient malevolent foul spirits of apostasy and that sort of thing, unbelief. Um, it becomes hard for the sincere, you know, soul to get out from under that fog um, but it's in the way. And so what we do with that is we say, glory of the living God, glory of the living God, the fire love of heaven against all unbelief now, here, in this room. And on a personal level, it will help you to say, I break agreements with unbelief. And, and those might just be like apprehension apprehensions towards unbelief. Like, no, uh uh-uh, you can't have my heart. You cannot have my life with God. And so the glory of God and the fire love of heaven against all unbelief here in this place, which is kind of like seeping in from the world, we banish it in the name of Jesus. And then the other thing that we ask, uh, Paul in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 talks about the veil that lies over the human heart. Every human heart is veiled. Every human mind is veiled. Otherwise, you just have people falling in love with God all over the place, right? I mean, it's just, it'd be easy. You just walk down the street, hey, you know Jesus? You know, and, that, and, and obviously, you get it in revivals where the veil begins to get lifted, Right? But the reality of the human condition is a veiled heart and a veiled mind. And what we ask you, Spirit of the living God, we ask you to remove the veil. Now, this is how I pray, by the way, for people who I want to come to know Jesus, really. I have the folks who I am just burdened to know Jesus, really. I ask that the veils over their hearts and their minds are removed. Because until it happens, it's pretty hard for them to have an experience of Jesus, okay? This is just biblical. But I also ask it for myself, right? Because I don't want that stuff in the way. So in this room, in this moment right now, spirit of the living God, would you remove from me every veil that the enemy has placed over my heart or over my mind? every veil over my spirit, everything that is fogging or veiling or shrouding my experience of the God I love and adore in the name of the Lord Jesus. We pray for the unveiling of our hearts here, the unveiling of our minds, 
the unveiling of our spirits. And the world will just do that to you, gang. You just live in the toxic world for a while. You do get a little numb to the beauty of God and to the richness of his presence and just how he feels towards you. Just simply, you know, we lose touch with how much affection is pouring our way on a regular basis. Okay, so now let's do the prayer of descent. And by way of refresher, here's what we're about to do. We are looking for the presence of God within us, okay? Ephesians 3, that Christ may dwell in your hearts, right? The spirit of the living God, the spirit of our Father would strengthen you in your inmost being so that Christ may fill your heart. God now inhabits you. That's everything. It's everything. Like, how how do you become a more loving person? How do you become kind, courageous, tenacious, clear-headed? It's because the presence of God now is available within our humanity. And it is that resident Christ that we want to locate and find and commune with. Thus the prayer of descent. Uh, because we're, we're descending inward into our inmost being to find him, okay? And I'm going to guide us now through the prayer of descent, and it always involves a fresh round of benevolent detachment. I mean, as soon as you try and get in there, it's, you know, oh, shoot, I forgot to tell the kids to put the pizza in the oven, and, you know, it's all that stuff, right? So, you, yeah, fresh round of, of benevolent detachments always needed, Okay, so we're going to do a little bit of that. And then, and then what we do to begin to turn our attention to Jesus who dwells within the center of your being is you just start loving him. Okay, so those are the first two steps. And then from there, it's live. And I'll guide us now into the prayer of descent. Okay. Yeah, so again, Father Jesus, Holy Spirit, I am yours. I am yours, I am yours, God, and you are mine. I am yours, and you are mine. I am yours, and you are mine. And I do ask your help now to release all things in this moment just a fresh round of laying everything down. Just let it go. Just let it go. I give everyone and everything to you, God. In in the, the human heart is cluttered with cares. Take some moments here. We're not going to rush through this. This is, this is going to be a very lingering time of prayer, very spacious. So take some time right now to give everyone and everything to Jesus. And, and let me add, including how the prayer is going. <laughs> okay, if you don't want to get all tied up in that, am I hearing, am I hearing, you know, just let it all go. Let it all go. I just give everyone everything. And then as you settle into that, ask him what you need to release. What still has my soul? What still has my attention, Lord? 
Take, take a few moments to do that. Father is also inviting you to release your fear of him or of a richer life with the Holy Spirit or of Jesus. I release my fear. I release disqualification. I release that. I release the pressure to get this right. everyone and everything, God. I give you the future. I give you everything. And Holy Spirit, I ask your help as I begin to turn my attention inward and simply love Jesus. Just begin to love Jesus who lives within you. Jesus in you. And as you love him, he will come and you'll begin to locate him and just love him. Just stay with that. Don't go to questions. Just love him. Lord Jesus, I do love you, and I pray that you would help me find you. Help me find you tonight. Because you do live within me. I love you, Jesus. I love you. You just stay with that. Help me find you, Lord. And, and as we go into this. As you locate Jesus, he will invite you deeper in. Follow him as you continue to love him.
What I want you to do is to follow him with your attention. You're giving God your attention. You have my attention, Lord. You have my attention. And to follow him into the depths of your being, the absolute depths, as deep as you can go. Because you need to discover that God is actually the deepest thing about you. So follow him into the absolute depths and just keep loving him. I love you, Jesus. I love you. Guide me in. Take me to the very core, the very depths of my being. Let me see you here. If you're in a good place, ignore me. Just ignore me, stay there. If you're having a little difficulty, locate the longing for love in you. Locate your longing for love. And and love Jesus there. Because the longing for love is the shortcut to your heart. You find the longing for love, you found your heart. You love him there and look for him there and follow him in. Jesus, take me to the very depths of my being and show me the reality that you are my life. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, God. I give everything and everyone in order to have you. I release everything, everyone, in order to have you. Help me find you and follow you. And now, Jesus, Where would you like to go? What are you saying? Or what are you bringing to me? He's very intimate. It changes every time. He wants to say something. He wants to love you in some place in your heart. He wants to bring you something. No pressure. It doesn't work to force this. Just, I love you. I love you. Where are we going, Lord? What are you bringing to me?
And for many of us, just to know you are here is enough, Lord. Just to know you are here within me is riches. And that's fine. I just love you here as you love me here, as we love each other in this place. to know that I love you and you love me is enough. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Is there anything you'd like to say? Is there anything you'd like to show me? Okay, we're going to just gently kind of come back up into the room. We're going to gently just come back to our awareness here. Like anything else you enjoy in life, whether it's playing tennis or, you know, the piano you know, your favorite hobbies, tying flies, like what? It takes practice, okay? It, that takes practice. Everything in this noisy world and everything in your very busy inner life <laughs> is unaccustomed to, to this. But learning and practicing the prayer of descent is, is just the doorway into riches, uh, for one thing, your heart is a vast place. And it has terrain and it has a look to it. And Jesus will guide you through the regions of your heart. He'll meet you in different places in your heart. Uh, yeah, I mean, conversations, gifts, you know the fruit of the kingdom of God, all kinds of stuff is available as we become more and more accustomed to the prayer of descent. But gang, I mean, gang, this was not, I wasn't taught this for the first, you know, umpteen years of my Christian experience. It takes a little getting used to. It's a little bumpy at first. That's very normal if that was your experience. It was kind of like, well, I think I, 
I closed my eyes and I think I felt Jesus for a little bit. Like, great, that's great. That's great. There's more to come. Lots more to come. At this point, John transitions from teaching and going through the prayer of descent to asking if anyone has any questions. And we're going to include two of those questions here. The first question was, how do you know if it's the voice of God that you're hearing during the prayer of descent? And here's John's answer. You usually don't say very loving things to yourself. Typically, most people don't. I mean, maybe full-blown narcissists, but... Really, that's a quick, that's a, I mean, I, I just, yeah, he'll say things I would never say to myself, like, I love you. <laughs> like, I, I, just, I don't say that to myself, you know? So that's, that's a way. And, it, and it's, again, it's just familiarity. It's just, it's just becoming accustomed to things. I'll, I often ask him to repeat himself. I'll say, I'm sorry, Lord, I missed that. Try again. What? Yeah, because I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to tune in. Yeah. Please repeat that, God. I totally missed what you just said. And now we'll go to a second question, and we'll cut back where John has already heard the question, and he's summarizing it and then answering it. So what she was describing was uh, she did she did locate Jesus. Um, there was the mouth of a dark cave. He was partly in, partly out, reaching out to her, reaching his hand out to her like, come on. But she's like, really? Like, that's a dark cave, and that looks like a scary place. It's okay. She chose to go with him to trust Jesus. She heard my word. Was that it? I said, what's in there? Oh, what's in there? Oh, thank you. Yeah, she said, what's in there? And he said, more than you can ask or imagine. Okay. So, um, some of the time in the prayer of descent is simply communion. You are just with God and, and you are just in communion. And that is nourishment that, is, that, is, that cannot be found in other places, okay? See, I want to come back to that premise of this is not optional in this hour. The more of God and the more of his kingdom. And back at the intensive um, in August, one of our pals confessed that he took seven weeks off to take care of his soul last summer. He did everything that was joyful and fun and that he loves backpacking and fly fishing, everything. He was back to work for two days and he felt like he had to take another vacation. And the reason is that wasn't the medicine that the soul needed, you see. So sometimes just communion with God is the nourishment. That's enough. But he will take us places, and he will take us into things that need restoration. He will take us into things that at first seem scary. You know, do you trust me? So there's a whole journey here to go on with him, which is really quite beautiful. And the really fun thing is, is that sometimes where you're going with Jesus are places within your own soul that might feel a little scary, a little dark. Um, but the riches beyond compare are in there. Um, or the renovation needs to take place. Sometimes he will take you other places. He will take you into the kingdom of God. Um, you know, we're, it's where the fish in the water. Like as soon as, you, as soon as you enter, you as amphibian, getting comfortable with both reality. It is one world. 
okay? One kingdom that we're just talking about the rest of created reality, okay? As you learn to get comfortable with that, Jesus is able to take you many places into many things. And sometimes it's for your healing. Sometimes it's to intercede for another person. Sometimes it's to intercede for a country or a people group. Sometimes it's just the joy of going into the kingdom of God and the beauty of it and the hope of it. Yeah. Okay. That's enough for now. (laughs) That's enough for now. Friends, that was such a powerful session, and it's only the first part of what will be a four-part series. So, there's three weeks ahead with John doing additional sessions as well as Stacy leading a session. So know that you're on the front end of everything that we have for you. And before next week, you may even want to go through the prayer of descent one more time or two. Just keep listening, soaking it in, and know that there's a lot ahead in this journey of going deeper. I hope to see you back next week here on the Wild at Heart podcast. <laughs>